the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Well, we've got a great show for you neighbors. I'm starting to sound like Long John Neville. That's what he would say at the beginning of the show. If you ever heard of Long John Neville, he was a pioneer talk show host from the 1950s, 60s, and part of the 70s. And his stock and trade included stuff on UFOs and the paranormal. And he brought on all the people of its time. So that's where I started with this thing. Anyway, we've had discussions off and on on the Paracast with regard to the possibility of a secret space program. Is that possible? That we're investing billions or trillions of dollars sending men and women to the moon, to Mars, elsewhere, but we don't account for it. But maybe there's a source of where this money is coming from. And Chris, you posted something in the Powercast forums that discusses something that's nothing unusual, which is military waste, rampant waste, tens of billions of dollars being wasted on various programs such as new aircraft. It's like all these big companies who build these things, not a single one of them competent enough to come in at or under budget. Do you think this is where all these black projects are being funded, Chris? Well, I mean, if you look at uh, September 10th, 2001, when Donald Rumsfeld announced the uh, results of an audit that he had done upon becoming Secretary of Defense under George W. Bush, made the... uh, incredible announcement that $4.4 trillion was misplaced in the Pentagon and the best they could figure is $2.2 trillion had vanished. So, I mean, that's a lot of money right there. So, I mean, you could look at the Clinton administration and before for other examples of misappropriated funds and, and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm always reminded of Richard Sauter combing through 30 years of defense appropriations bills looking for one penny of funding allocated for, at the time he wrote Underground Bases and Tunnels, what is the government trying to hide? At that time, I think in the mid-90s, there was 129, I think, underground military facilities. And need I remind everybody, it's not cheap to uh, create underground facilities. And in all those appropriation bills that he combed through, he could not find one cent of uh, funding allocated for that purpose. And we, at the time, we knew that we had uh, over 120 underground facilities. So these people have a carte blanche. They have an open credit line, the F-35. I mean, you can go down the list of the original Osprey program. Uh, you can go down the list of, of just boondoggles. And it, it's criminal, uh, in my estimation, what has been going on with the unfettered purse strings uh, opened up for the Department of Defense. And in in some ways, I would think the intelligence agencies as well, especially uh, the National Reconnaissance Office, the NRO, uh, Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, these are these are alphabet agencies you don't ever hear much about, but they, they get incredible amounts of money. So, you know, besides obviously making particular corporations extremely uh, good investments <laughs> with a good dividend for their investors. Uh, these programs are are just basically uh, there. I don't really see much oversight on this, and I'm sure 
if $2.2 trillion can end up missing from the Pentagon, and as announced the day before 9-11, coincidentally, it wouldn't surprise me in the least that uh, some of this money is being siphoned off for, you know, who knows what purposes uh, for breakaway space program military um, uh, applications into space. And it's the American people aren't going to take it uh, for much longer. There's going to be hell to pay. When that finally that little spark hits the uh, hits the powder magazine <laughs> of culture, I think you know with this coming election, it doesn't matter who wins. Uh, the other half of the country is is going to go ballistic, and and mark my words, this is not going to be uh, fun. It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be. Uh, it's going to be very very ugly, and they better get their proverbial murder together, or there's going to be hell to pay, and. You know, what else can you say? This is the point that we notice here is that this waste is going to private industry. In every case, private industry is benefiting. And you have to think, is Lockheed really throwing away all that money on your aircraft? Or are they sending all the secret projects into private industry? And you look at the various boondoggles over the years. And I think of the line from the movie Independence Day from Judd Hirsch. They first learn there is an Area 51, and he makes a remark, well, you don't think they really spent $700 on a toilet seat, do you? And that's approximately what he said. And it goes back to something that was real, that at one time, I think the Pentagon was paying, what, $700 for a toilet seat or some ridiculous fee. And you have to think either they're that stupid. And how can they be that stupid? No, it's they, they think the American people are that stupid. How much did we spend on a pen that was able to operate in zero gravity when all the Russians did was use a pencil? Well, yes, that too. But I'm saying to you is maybe that is the smokescreen where they say they're spending $700 on a toilet seat. They're spending $35 and the other 665 Dollars is going to some secret project. Well, they're probably spending uh, seventy-four, and the other six hundred and sixty-six dollars are going to some, you know, demonic, uh, you know, secret black project. I- again, I-, I think it's this can't continue. Fifty-seven, uh, I think, percent of monies spent by the U.S. government going to the uh, into the military, and uh, sure, it's one thing to have a. a you know, strong defense, uh, you know, to thwart any sort of attack on the homeland here. But uh, all these bases, we have hundreds of bases on other countries and billions of dollars we send to Israel and, and, and to other countries. we got to start taking care of our own. And, you know, maybe Arizona's rubbing off on me. I'm starting to become... <laughs> <laughs> an isolationist or something, but uh, I, I'm So you're serious. voting for Mr. Trump, right? Uh, no. Okay. No, no, no. You know, I, there was one person out there, comedian John Oliver, did a thing about Trump, and he decided to call him by his original name, the family name, before they changed it, which is Drumpf. <laughs> yeah, that's the sound he makes when uh, somebody, you know, Passes gas in his his uh, general direction. It's like, boof. <laughs> this show is going downhill real fast, folks. But I'll stop it right now. I'll put a stop to it right now. I think we should tell our listeners what we've got going for them this week. And there's a book out there from 
a scholar from Scotland, actually. Name of David Robertson, and the book is called UFOs, Conspiracy Theories, and the New Age, Millennial Conspiracism. And this is a book that explores the New Age and conspiracy theories through the period from past the Cold War. And he gives an introduction. And he focuses on three figures that we know about, particularly Whitley Strieber, David Icke, and David Wilcock. Now, the only thing about this book I have to tell you right now, it's currently available in a hardcover edition that costs $112 in America for a book of fairly normal size. There will be a low-cost paperback version next year. So if you like the book and you like the concepts, the things that David Robertson is talking about, don't feel constrained to have to buy the book today and spend a bundle of money. Wait till next year, okay? And this will focus on UFOs and all sorts of interesting things. So I think we'll have a really pleasant discussion. I had a few moments to talk to David earlier on before we did this show, and he sounds like a really nice guy. So I think you'll really enjoy this. Again, the book is UFOs, Conspiracy Theories in the New Age, Millennial Conspiracism. What a phrase. We got coming up next with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. I know that a lot of our listeners are interested in UFOs, the issue of giant skeletons found in America, paranormal investigations, and what the top researchers think about such topics. One online magazine has been presenting such unusual information since 1985. It is Alternate Perceptions Magazine at apmagazine.info. Use their search function to find articles on just about every topic imaginable. That's apmagazine.info. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. 
Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to BigBuckRiches.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that in 1985, he changed gold ownership forever. Today, our national debt is spiraling out of control, but gold coins could be the answer. Call 1-866-525-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com to get new, never-before-released information about gold. From the U.S. Money Reserve, call 1-866-525-GOLD. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. The book is UFOs, Conspiracy Theories, and the New Age from David G. Robertson. And David's speaking to us from his palatial estate, not really, his home Well, in Scotland. Yeah. We all live in castles in Scotland, surely you know that. Right down the street from Sean Connery, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Actually, Sean Connery did used to be a milkman in Edinburgh. It's a famous, uh, famous story about him. Before he made the big time. Before it was Mr. Universe. No, he ran for Mr. So. Universe, but he was a runner-up. Oh, okay. Well, not to a lot of millions of women out there. Well, he's number one in their book. <laughs> he's kind of one of Scotland's favorite sons, it has to be said. And he looks good in the kilt. He does. He looks good in most things, to be honest. Yeah, he's, or, he's or sexy he used to. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to wonder how we go from UFOs and conspiracy theories to Sean Connery. But then he was in one of the Indiana Jones movies where they got into some of that stuff so there you go yeah i saw a cartoon uh, on facebook and it showed two scotsmen uh in kilts looking at the symbols of male and female on the doors of the the loos and and they were both the same and they were scratching their head trying to figure out which one they were supposed to go in of course they were dressed in kilts so anyway i digress Uh, the the way to tell the difference is that the women don't have beards that's the ah okay Hey, well, you know, whatever keeps you nice and drafty. (laughs) David, what attracted you of all subjects 
to UFOs. What's your background? My background is just a fairly ordinary working class Scottish boy. I didn't really have any great interest in UFOs. I've certainly never seen a UFO, um, but... You know, Scotland's got a rich kind of history of of odd things. So there was always stories about the Loch Ness Monster. And um, I always loved those kind of, you know, paranormal kind of stories. But uh, when I went to university and start uh, to do religious studies, studying religion, I, I came across the name of David Icke in, uh, in a, in a, on a course about sort of New Age religions. And it reminded me of seeing him on the television when I was young, um, when I was, I think, 15, maybe 16, when he did his famous um, interview with uh, Terry Wogan, the recently deceased Terry Wogan. And I remembered seeing that as a boy and it all kind of came back to me. So I started delving into his books a bit more. But at the same time, I'd been reading... Um, a lot of Robert Anton Wilson stuff. I'm sure you and your listeners will know who Robert Anton Wilson is, right? Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. And he sort of, through him, I got interested in conspiracy theories. And then luckily, you know, Ike brought the two things back together. And I um, realized, well, hey, there's a whole world about conspiracy theories and, and uh, you know, kind of alternative religious beliefs that nobody's really... Um, looking at in any depth and so I started to do so and um, found that it, it was pretty rich um, rich soil and the UFO thing kind of came later um, it, as I was delving more into this world and reading up on people like you know David Icke, Whitley Stryber, David Wilcock, Jim Mars, um, Chuck Missler, all these various people I, uh, and I noticed that UFOs was this kind of common thread um, amongst all these different groups, and that's that's where it came from, really. Why have UFOs become, as you say, the common thread amongst all these people? Because if you cover people like a Jim Mars, mm-hmm. you know, he's conspiracies are us. He's got a whole bunch of them. Same thing with Ken Thomas. You know who Ken Thomas is, right? I, I actually don't, but I, I will... I will be finding out. Oh, my God. Yeah, Parapolitics, uh, Steam Shovel Press, uh, one oh, okay, of our top yes. conspiracy scholars. I'm a, yeah, I, I know uh, Steam Shovel, yeah, absolutely. Okay, the point being um, here is, why does it all come down to UFOs? Even with the Kennedy assassination, there's yeah, a UFO um, thing in there. Yeah, it's. I, th- I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, one reason is that there's always been these two different threads of UFO conspiracism. There's always been this kind of nuts and bolts side of it. But there's also always been this spiritual version of it. I mean, as early as early as the, you know, the early 1950s, people are, you know, you know the contactees, for instance, is a very good uh, example of that. You but, focus you know, you a little people... bit on George Adamski. And I Only think we should bit, mention yeah, I... this because last week or two, I actually got a letter from somebody who wanted to bring on the Paracast, an individual who was part of a George Adamski Foundation. Now, to show you my background, I was a close friend of the late Jim Mosley, who back in 1957 did a really, really solid expose of Adamski. But, you know, Adamski wasn't just a guy who claimed to meet up with Orthon, the silvery-suited spaceman in the desert, he went back many years in his interest in mysticism and things like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and many, many of the of the contactees did. The, the the contactee movement really grows out of the the late Theosophical Society. The the UFOs become. Um, do you know about the idea of the hidden masters? Uh, that the idea that these there are these sort of transcendent beings who are guiding the spiritual development of mankind on the earth. Blavatsky. Um, yeah, it comes from Blavatsky originally, and originally they're sort of they're humans. They're they're humans who live in places like Tibet, um, but gradually they become sort of they're humans who have transcended the physical world completely and are you know basically become spiritual beings, and um, gradually. Uh, following, you know, 1947 and Kenneth Arnold, by the early 50s, suddenly the um, the, the UFOs are the masters, uh, and it's the same progress, uh, the same progression, you know, from distant parts of our world to to Mars and Venus, and then to you know different stars. It's exactly the same as you, uh, the one that you were talking about last week, actually, which I listened to. Well, and you also have the Arantia book and uh, Oasipi. Oaspi, is that how you say it, Gene? Oaspi, Oaspi, I think. And Uh, you know, there are other sort of branches off that particular theosophical tree. One thing I I share a quick, uh, quick little anecdote here. Um, It's going to be a one-minute anecdote. I was on my way in 1976, hitchhiking upstate New York, and I got picked up by a guy in a Beamer who hardly ever looked at the road the whole way up the Taconic Parkway, which just just freaked me out. And he was going to a Theosophical weekend, and and so I went up. I was with a friend, and we went up there, and I saw a little. Gray-haired women with black cats on their shoulders. There was a cloud over the mountain the whole time, raining. Everywhere else, it was clear. I saw the head of nursing for New York University totally eradicate a case of nasty poison ivy uh, with her kind of rubbing her the aura of the person that had been afflicted. Amazing uh, weekend. It left quite an impression on me, and I, I ended up doing quite a bit of uh, research into the Theosophical Society. Okay, we've got more to cover. The book is UFOs, Conspiracy Theories, and the New Age with David Robertson. And this is just going to get more fascinating by the moment. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that he changed gold ownership forever. 
by bringing back physical gold to the American public, allowing gold coins to be minted and sold to U.S. citizens just like you, starting in 1985. Gold ownership can help protect your financial future, especially when our national debt is spiraling out of control. Many smart Americans have kept their retirements from being wiped out during America's financial crisis thanks to physical gold coins. I strongly urge you to call the U.S. Money Reserve at 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a special gold guide with new, never-before-released information about gold from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. I'm Michael Reagan. Thank you. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the mineral doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu, I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors, and uh uh-oh, Houston, we have a problem. See Dr. Wallach live in Farmington, New Mexico, Thursday, May 12th at 7 p.m. Go to www.cdocinfarmington.com. That's www.cdocinfarmington.com. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profit. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to richmoneyrich.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We move on with David Robertson, but before we go back, let me tell you, we'd like you to join up to the Paracast Plus, where you get the After the Paracast podcast, an exclusive feature we give you the ad-free version of this show. We've got some show transcripts up there. More videos coming. A lot of special features for a low subscription rate. Monthly, annually, five years, lifetime. Take your choice. Go to plus.thepowercast.com. Plus.thepowercast.com. The book is called UFOs, Conspiracy Theories, and the New Age with David Robertson. David, with regard to Adamski, he yeah. was quoted in the saucer news 
expose issue from Jim Mosley is saying sometimes you have to go through the back door to present the truth. So I take it here that a lot of these people used aliens, UFOs, as just a means to an end. It was the best way to sell their message. By these people, you mean the, the contactees? Yes, people like Adamski, who had presented their viewpoint in the mouths of others. But now if everybody's talking about UFOs and we have the influence of movies such as Day the Earth Stood Still, if people like that are presenting their message, does that make it easier to gain acceptance? Well, I guess it does. But I I said, was this after he was kind of debunked that he said this? Because it sounds to me like a it sounds to me like a strategy for explaining away why he was lying. Well, it does, but he said this to one of his followers, evidently. Right, right. But it's not something um, that's been widely quoted, and certainly the people who still support Adamski after all these years are not going to admit to that phrase. No, of course not, never. And, um, I mean, Blavatsky had a similar, a similar thing happen where the early messages from the, the masters were being... The uh, Society for Psychical Research were on the case and they thought they knew the trick that was being done to produce them. And and it's part of the reason that she left um, Britain. Because I'm more interested, I come from more of a religious studies background where I'm more looking at the things that people say and the reasons they say it rather than um, the truth or otherwise of what they're saying from a, you know, from a, a physical point of view. I think there, there's both kinds of things going on. I think sometimes people are just um, jumping on the latest bandwagon. Um, I mean, I think Adamski was certainly a bit of a, a, a showman in many respects. And But there are other people who I think are completely genuine in that they think they are getting these messages. So um, I, 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 th- I think that the proportion of people who are doing it merely to, you know, to get their message through and, and deliberately putting it in UFO language is relatively small, I would think. I mean, certainly somebody like David, David Icke's a good example of that. I mean, a lot of people accuse him of, of sort of um, coming up with these elaborate theories just to kind of sell books and, and But he doesn't tickets, come up with elaborate theories. He steals years of research that other people do and then uses it, picks and, you know, cherry picks uh, the data and then presents it as his own. There's an old adage, uh, you know, if you steal from one person, it's plagiarism. If you steal from a bunch of people, it's research. I've I've seen him. I've I've sat there and and watched him. God, I hate to admit this. I I was forced to go by his ex-wife. I had a front row seat and I was in sunglasses so I could sleep. But I ended up sitting there taking notes because I was trying to compile the list of people that he stole their their work and and put his own stamp on it. And and to me, that's it's just inexcusable. Yeah, he's definitely um, a synthesis. Let's, if we were to put it politely, we could say that. Of course, there's a long history of of the conspiracy world and the, the sort of paranormal world of people building consecutively on other people's work. But certainly, yes, he has been guilty of of outright plagiarism. And often, there's stuff in his books that's you know like I read in a post, and you don't get a ref you don't get a reference to what post it was or who wrote it or anything. Um, so yeah, definitely. Moving on here, using, of course, the UFO medium to present these ideas. Conspiracy yeah. theories in general is something that seems to infect everybody because nobody believes the explanation that's presented for any event. And Kennedy assassination is the classic event where mm-hmm. we can't believe that one lone gunman 
one fool who wants to feck into the Soviet Union and came back here. They can't believe this guy did it. It had to be the CIA. It had to be the international bankers. It had to be organized crime. It had to be Johnson. It had to be the space people. I don't know. It all gets confused. What is there about these theories that gain so much traction? Forgetting, again, about whether they're real or not. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. It's been said that, you know, the, the, the size of the problem that we struggle to come to terms with is what causes us to look for, uh, you know, these big conspiracies. I mean, the Kennedy assassination is a very good example. Clearly, for a lot of people, it is easier to accept that there is a secret group of people who run the world and yet they've never heard of them and nobody knows about them than it is to accept that this one um, mad guy came back from Russia and, and shot him on his own, got a, you know, a lucky couple of shots. Um, but there's, a, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I think partly it's, it's to provide connecting explanations, but also I think there is, as you say, an increasing kind of distrust of, of um, mainstream narratives, if you want to put it that way, you know, of, of hegemonic control over, over um, knowledge. Um, you know, the, the French uh, philosopher and theorist uh, Bruno Latour has pointed this out, that in fact the logic of conspiracy uh, theorists um, is almost indistinguishable from a sort of popularised version of Marxist theory, right? It's, it's, um, it's critical theory um, made uh, popularised, basically. So instead of it being the, the um, bourgeoisie who... Um, are you know the people who own the wealth? It's it's the Illuminati or you know the John Birch Society or whoever. Um, so I mean I think that's part of it. It is an increasing awareness of people that there is perhaps more issues of power and control going on in in what we accept is true, and yet they lack the the critical faculties to judge um, evidence properly. Um, as you you said this last week when you were talking about Adamski again, you know that. Um, they just didn't know the difference between a fact and a belief. Um, but I, I, I think there's also um, a, a, a theodicy is an important idea. I mean, it's a kind of religious studies term, but it's basically the simple way of putting it is, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Conspiracies offer a very a good explanation for that. Well, the world isn't fair and the world isn't um, peaceful and loving um, because some bad people made it that way. Um, it helps to explain um, the iniquities of the world, I guess. Now, to be fair about the Kennedy assassination, a congressional committee some years later did conclude that a conspiracy was involved, but that was the end of it. They never really explored that conspiracy. Right. Uh, I mean, that's absolutely true, but um, most people don't point out that there were several other congressional hearings, all of which were in favour of the lone, the lone shooter. One said there was a probable conspiracy in that several other. I think there was about five or six in total. Well, that's a case here is where if you have five choices and the one that sounds simplest, you say, I don't want that one. I want the other four or vice versa. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, in, in creating these large conspiracy narratives, that's often the case. You know, people will go, here's here's a fact, but not taken out of context. So in that one, you can say, oh, well, you know, this congressional hearing found there likely was. But actually, if you take the whole set of data on balance, 
it's it's outnumbered, you know, five to one. It's the same as when uh, David Icke says that all science that says that the you know the physical world is all there is is nonsense. But then one person publishes a paper that says the world's a hologram, and this is proof, you know, um, absolute proof. It's a it's a lack of understanding how knowledge is produced and how, you know, as you said, the difference between a fact and a belief. You can connect dots all you like, but when you get to choose what the dots are, it's the Bible code all over again, right? We've got David Robertson with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month, you could fight against heart disease naturally at Heart and Body Extract. We've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. This is Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. That's why Macy's is committed to raising funds through our employees, customers, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASA what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your 
your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're talking about UFOs, conspiracy theories, and the new age with the author David Robertson. Chris. Well, I think as, as you were pointing out uh, at the end of the segment, uh, there is a, a growing lack of critical thinking, I think, among the average per- people out there. Um, I think we're seeing scientism and materialism and and uber-rationalism has, has become so ivory tower in nature that the people are losing a connection to the state of the art in the scientific community, let's say, or how governments are run or, or some of the, the, the myriad problems that we have around the world. And, and people, uh, instead of getting uh, doing the work and getting themselves uh, up to speed and, and being informed and educated about, about issues, their eyes glaze over and, you know, they let their TV kind of suggest <laughs> how they're supposed to think about uh, particular uh, controversies or, or subject matter. And and I think it's a dumbing down of the population. I think myself that it's being done on purpose. I think people that are attempting to do serious research are being marginalized and being cast amongst the great Un- unwashed, uh, you know, <laughs> uninformed masses who who are absolutely they're, they're more concerned about uh, you know getting uh, selfies of themselves uh, every other minute. It, it, it's just you know the last two words I think added to the English language were selfie and twerking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that 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 kind of gives an indication of um, of where the culture is going. Uh, there is something to Mark Mothersbaugh and, and Jerry Casal's uh, Devo, <laughs> the de-evolution of Boogie Man or whatever. I think we are I, seeing yeah. de-evolution. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you that the, the media is designed to not make us uh, questioning or challenging, absolutely. Um, I don't know if we're the masses are any more dumb than they ever were, to be honest. They just have more of a voice now, perhaps. Um, but there's also, there's there's issues, things like, the way that the the internet is going, I mean, the internet was supposed to be the great liberator of information, but the, the, in fact, it's actually narrowing our encounters with uncomfortable facts. I mean, Facebook's a very good example of this, right? We subscribe to publications and, and people that we like, and we come into contact with those 
with what they share over and over again. And very seldom do we come into contact with something from outside that circle. So we get this increasing kind of epistemic, you know, Tunnel limitation. Vision. Tunnel, Tunnel vision. vision, exactly. We're, it's like we're in a, an echo chamber, right? We hear our beliefs being told to us again and again, and we're given that evidence, but we're not given anything that counters it because that isn't, you know, what we're following and sharing. Um, so I think that there's more... Polarization along those lines is, yeah. is a large part of the problem. Good, good point. I think people tend to unfriend people on Facebook if they uh, even get a whiff of some sort of point of view or I don't know something that uh, just runs counter to their particular beliefs and their particular conclusions. And and people tend to feel more comfortable when they're surrounded by the echo of the echo chamber as opposed to really breaking through that and attempting to be educated on all sides of a particular issue or a subject or, um, you know, looking at, at different points of view within when academia uh, addresses a, a subject or the scientific community. I think that it's becoming so specialized in terms of science and academia and politics. These things have become so so specialized and so stovepiped that people have a hard time breaking through that and let's let's face it you know i mean you're putting <laughs> two young kids to bed and you're on a radio show uh, you know in the late evening there you could be doing something different but no you're you're actually getting out there you're getting the message out you're you're trying to explain to people that hey there's more than one way to look at things but i think people's natural inclination is they don't want to they're they're too either they're too too overworked uh too bored they're too uh dumb not to know that they should be doing that even and and i think it's 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 a snowball going down the hill and i, I don't <laughs> unless it hits yeah. a big wall and, <laughs> at the end of the hill. But you know, I, I totally agree. I, I totally agree with you. I think I think academia is, um, shares some of the the responsibility for that. I mean, academics are generally terrible at communicating with people, and especially with communicating uh, with people from outside their own uh, discipline. They make very little effort to to tell the average person in the street, or um, or even you know through journalism or whatever, um, why their work is important and why the position that that we look at things from also should have a place at the table. Um, and I think that means that academic work is, and when you do get um, academic work, which might be of interest, it's kind of uh, ignored, right? Um, because it becomes impenetrable because they're only speaking to other academics and not interested in speaking to the members of the public. Well, and in, in to compound uh, the problem, uh, academia tends to become knee-jerk conservative. Everybody's too afraid to stick their necks out and, and run counter to prevailing uh, thought and theories uh, that have already been accepted by, by the mainstream of their discipline. So it's, it's, it's much harder now, I think, for out-of-the-box thinkers within a particular scientific discipline. Uh, and, and this runs across the board through culture. It's not only science. It's not only academia. Or, you know, you have a perfect example in politics going on right now here in, in this country. It's, uh, you know, something's got to change. People have got to wake up and they've got to um, take the time to become informed. And and I, I yeah. just don't see that happening, unfortunately. No, at, at the last, I mean, a couple of generations in Britain, there's been a real move away from, you know, the post-war period, the, the working class had a real desire to educate themselves and, you know, 
to be involved in the political situation and reform uh, the country in a, in to make it a fairer place. And that's been lost now. There's a real anti-intellectualism. And uh, I mean, the same thing in the States, I'm sure. Um, a, a real sort of feeling of not being able to do anything anyway, so why bother? Let's just, uh, you know, let's just watch... Uh, uh, you know, game shows or watch t- television programs of other people watching television. Um, so. <laughs> right. And again, to even compound things, uh, even, even to the nth degree here, it's a, it's a self perpetuating, uh, feedback loop, uh, like a fractal that's going in on itself. And, and the worse it gets, the worse it gets. And the worse it gets, the worse it gets. And people, I think they just, they just there's something in a lot of people just there's a switch that gets clicked off and so what you have is a lot of people that are that are uh being overwhelmed by the fact that they're not up to speed on things and then somebody can come along and and put things together in a way that sort of resonates with within their own minds whether it's conspiratorial in nature whether it's uh, spiritual and religious in nature and then they they will jump into that particular uh you know person's uh trip if you will for lack of a, a better word and and buy into it uh, more readily as opposed to being a little bit more circumspect and and sitting back and going well wait a minute uh this doesn't quite ring true this doesn't quite ring true they just accept everything lock stock and barrel and i, I think it's 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 intellectual laziness really is what it boils down to i really do i i you know i i, I just online i'm i'm constantly seeing you know you're you're trying to educate somebody about something and they just don't want to hear about it. It's like, how dare you You think that I'm wrong? Now, to show you how this has really pervaded our popular culture, our condition, there is a TV show, a comic book TV show, where the villain engages in a plot to take over the memories, control the memories of everybody living in the city in which these events take place. And his logic is a populace more interested in reality stars and political circuses than working together to solve the world's problems. Now, that sounds like a smart statement, which it is, but believe it or not, it came from last week's episode of Supergirl. <laughs> right. Well, um, uh, Siegel and Schuster, who came up with Superman and um, of which all the sort of Superman family characters are based on, were uh, both Jewish, well, what's that, you know, emigres from uh, Nazi Germany. So there's, uh, the, <laughs> it's not surprising that themes uh, that echo kind of um, uh, the, you know, Goebbels' use of propaganda and things like that are, are found in those comics. I mean, just like the the, the the name Superman coming from Nietzsche, for instance. The fact that they are reflecting popular culture is. I think they were they were critiquing the 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 control of popular culture by the media in order to control them. It was definitely um, something that they very much saw um, as deeply tied to the Nazi regime, and that wasn't the case in America, and that's why they were kind of critiquing it. We have David Robertson. We're talking about UFOs, conspiracy theories, and the New Age. And in the book, he focuses, as we pointed out, on several individuals, including Whitley Strieber. And since we had Whitley Strieber on the Paracast for the very first time a few weeks ago, I thought we'd talk more about that with David in our next (laughs) segment with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, David Robertson, why did you choose these three individuals to focus in doing this book? Partly because they were each very good examples um, of, you know, conspiracy, spirituality and UFOs um, mixing together. Partly because I wanted to get a spread of the US and the UK. Um, I had at one point tried to get a European case, but I couldn't get that one to work, unfortunately. So I, I went with another American case. Also because the three of them being, their main careers are in different decades. So it allowed me to construct a narrative through the book that ran all the way from 1947 um, and then in much more detail following the the Cold War through Whitley Stryber in the 80s, um, David Icke in the 90s and then Wilcock in the 2000s so that we moved from the Cold War up into the present day and we were able to see the way that the ideas developed and uh, became more entrenched over time. Uh, so that was that was the main reason. Okay, so Whitley Strieber, we're talking here about someone who writes horror fiction and science fiction and then he claims to have been in touch with his visitors, that these visitors abducted him but he doesn't go as far as to say yes this is et he stays one step removed from that you figure it out right yeah actually i mean even in communion he gives six possibilities 
of which extraterrestrials are only one. And he never officially states that they are. And I've never, I've, I've, I've spoken to him in person. I've seen him talk at events. I've read um, certainly all of his nonfiction books. And he's, I've never come across a statement where he says that that's what they are. But he nonetheless beca- became kind of a poster boy of the um, abductee movement, um, at least in the popular eye. And so I think he always had this mixed uh, relationship with the idea. Sometimes he seems to be quite disappointed that everybody thinks it's extraterrestrials, but on other occasions he seems quite happy to cash in on it. So, for instance, you get the the book he wrote about what would be needed for us to um, prove that there was extraterrestrial life visiting the planet, for instance. And all of his books have that same classic grey alien face on them, the entire sort of communion series of about six or seven books. So he is deeply, he knows that his public persona is deeply tied to that extraterrestrial idea. And yet I don't think he himself thinks that's what it was. I I think he he thinks of it in much more sort of paranormal terms, I guess. You know, he um, told us that one of his biggest regrets was ever talking about anal probes, that it's just been the bane of his existence. And right comedians especially um, have latched onto that and and it <laughs> you know i think he should uh, use mckenna's term of pro bono proctologist uh, doing uh, uninvited house calls right yeah um strangely in the last book the solving the communion enigma he refers to it unambiguously as rape um which i found quite striking um so many years later and Actually, at the Dreamland event uh, that I was at, he referred to there being, you know, still physical damage. And so, you know, maybe he does regret talking about it, but he's continuing to do so. So, again, you get this mixed message that, on the one hand, he's kind of unhappy about it or that, you know, he wishes he never shared his his experiences. Mm. But on the other hand, he consistently talks about it and writes book after book after book about it. And even most of his fiction draws from the same well, you know. Well, maybe the title of his book, The Secret Life, uh, maybe there's something we should read in between the lines there. Maybe. uh, Right. Maybe he was a switch hitter. In a former <laughs> incarnation, <laughs> I, of course, I'm 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 trying to be funny here. It's not working. Gene's not laughing. So, <laughs> uh, hi, hi, and a couple of ho hos. I certainly have no. Um, I, I think he believes what he's saying. I don't see any dishonesty in him. Um, that's a very different thing from saying I believe what he said actually happened. Of course, but I, I think he is sincere. Um, okay, that's what, an important what, point here. You feel that he believes he had some kind of experience. That is pretty much what he's saying. He didn't make it up to sell yeah. books. No, I don't think he did make it up to sell books, no. I think he may have, it may be more elaborated upon later on, not consciously, but I mean, obviously he's making money from going into ever more detail about it. I mean, that's a natural uh, process. The more we go over memories, it's, you know, psychologists have proven that your your memories become more and more elaborate over time. But nonetheless, I do think that something happened to him or he, he had an experience which uh, he, you know, he believes he had an experience of some kind. I actually quite like the fact that he's still quite vague about a lot of it. I mean, it does show that he's kind of slightly more thoughtful than some people are, because a lot of people are sort of 
telling you in great details that this is the exact thing that happened and the spaceship looked like this and they were this kind of being and it was for this reason and they gave them messages and all the rest. Whereas he, at least, there is an element of doubt there about what exactly it was that happened. What's your feelings on that? Chris, why don't you drop yours in? Well, I don't know what to think about old wit. He, um, he is one of the slipperiest characters I think we've ever had on the show. Trying to nail him down is like trying to catch uh, Mercury, trying to nail Jello to a wall. He's had so many years and now decades of experience dodging around questions, answering questions with questions. He's very, very slick uh, in how he yeah. presents his particular well, he, angst um, about... He was an advertising well, executive. Before he, before he started writing fiction, he was an advertising executive. Well, he, you know, he knows which side the old books buttered on. And, and to keep all his readers constantly uh, on waiting to have that final reveal is going to do nothing more than sell books. I, I think this last book of his was an attempt to be taken a little bit more seriously by... You know, having a bona fide academic uh, on board, uh, but still, I mean, you read through the whole book, and it's like, why did I read this book? It, 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 you really, literally, don't learn anything new. All it does I, is. It, go ahead. I, have, I haven't read it yet because um, I, I was going to share a copy of mine with Jeff Kripal, and he was going to send me a copy of that one. So I, I haven't actually read it yet. But um, yeah, I, 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 I don't expect to be any great revelation, and I wouldn't have thought. He's obsessed by kind of um, getting academic credibility, I think, in a way that most people aren't. It was, it, it's a strange move. On, well, it makes perfect sense that he would write a book with an academic, but it's, it's not something that happens very often in this field, is it? So the key here, though, is that he believes something happened to him. But if we're putting this in perspective, is this what he had happened to him similar to what these other abductions are? Or are they just taking his experience, and coloring theirs in the same framework. It's kind of a chicken or the egg type of thing. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, it's really, really difficult to answer that question. You have to go back to, uh, you know, to the original contactees, Daniel Fry, George Hunt Williamson, uh, Adamski, Truman Bethram, one of my favorite abductee or contactees, who I think uh, there's more evidence to support that the Truman Bathroom uh, saga uh, was legit than any of the others from the 50s to my, to my, you know, in my opinion, George Van Tassel, uh, you know, the whole bunch of them. But uh, I, I think that, that what came up with a very, very marketable um, subject uh, to dive into, uh, legitimate or not, whether it's true or not. And I think, uh, he's just, you know, he's just taken it and, and run with it. And my favorite book actually is Majestic, which is the one book in this particular genre that he uh, wrote that's not that's nonfiction, or that's fiction rather, that's uh, that's novelized. Um, and I do two, recommend two things. It. Two things there. The first is you got to remember that a week before he had his experience that's a, that's in communion, um, he had read a book by Jenny Randalls, which included a description of of um, an abduction. I can't, I don't know which exact case it was off the top of my head. Let's pursue that in our next segment. The book, UFOs, Conspiracy Theories and the New Age, from David Robertson. And a reminder again that if you think that the current price on Amazon's too daunting, there will be an affordable version in paperback next year. 
with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS-certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. 
with the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. And we want to talk to you about after the Paracast because each week we never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen next on After the Paracast. Sometimes we continue an interview. Sometimes we just come up with something altogether new. Sometimes we summarize the show. You can get After the Paracast if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. We include amongst all the benefits of Paracast Plus, the ad-free version of this show in response to your requests, better quality audio, lots of stuff coming, plus.theparacast.com. We've got David Robertson. The book is UFOs, Conspiracy Theories, and the New Age. Speaking of abductions, did you explore very much Barney and Betty Hill? Only uh, a little bit. I I wanted to dive much more into the abductee movement, but I was just I needed to keep focused on on the sort of central theme. The, obviously, the Barney the the hills are important because they're really the beginning of that sort of classic abduction story. Um, but unfortunately, there isn't any sort of conspiratorial aspect to it beyond that. So I, I didn't go too much into depth. But it's it's a it's an area of of the history that I'm hoping to go more into uh, in the future. So what's your feeling in general about abductions? What do you think is happening to these people? What's actually happening to them, I really have no idea. My suspicion is that it's a bunch of different things. But I think abduction-like visits from Mary or any other kind of, uh, you know, spiritual or visionary kind of things. We've got to remember that experience isn't something that happens in real time. Experience is constructed after the fact. So whatever the phenomena that happen in these people's brains or in or around them or whatever it is, it gets turned into abduction post hoc. Actually, most uh, um, most abductees, certainly in the modern period, recovered memories are involved in it. It takes them a while before they, they begin to see themselves as having been abducted. Um, and so basically, I, I think it's in much the, it's much the same way as I think of the UFO phenomena itself. It's it's a, it's an explanation that can be molded very easily into to fit a range of different things. So I, I think it could be any number of things that's at the root cause of it. The important thing is that within modern culture and, you know, going back into the, the late 40s, that this is a framework that is available to people to explain things that are anomalous. So I, I feel it's much more culturally generated than, than most people give it credit for. So it's the culture rather than physical craft or alien beings that's involved here? That's my opinion, yeah. Um, I haven't really seen any evidence to the contrary. So the the experience, you know, be that a UFO sighting, be it an abduction, be it contact or whatever, in most cases will be sort of constructed piecemeal after the fact to explain away whatever the the original anomalous phenomena was. There's in the the current 
manual of the American Psychological Association. I think it's the sixth edition. Um, there's the entry for psychosis. It points out that it's if you have um, if you're having visions or other hallucinations, and they fit with a culturally accepted system, then you're not psychotic. However, if they don't fit with a culturally accepted system, then you are psychotic. Okay. Oh, I'm in trouble. Normal. Right, exactly. <laughs> so normally that's taken to, it's taken to mean, for instance, if you have a vision of Jesus or Mary and you go along to your local priest and they, and they say, yes, this makes perfect sense, it all fits, um, then you're okay. You're not going to get hospitalized or, um, you know, medicalized. But if you go along and you say, I got visited by, you know, a six foot marshmallow man who poured jelly on my head, then you're much more likely to end up in a mental hospital. Now, the abduction narrative is somewhere in between. It's not maybe accepted by the mainstream, but it's a deeply embedded and widely known explanation, explanatory framework with a fairly sizable population of people for whom it's absolute fact. So it's available there and and has a much more um, comfortable relationship with with the rest of culture if you use that explanation yeah but but we're talking about western culture here i mean when was the last time you heard about an abduction in thailand or china or miramar or parts of africa um it it seems to be a western phenomenon and i think the, the just looking at the progression of of people claiming to somehow become in contact or in, in proximity of, you know, your typical Whitley Strieber cover gray alien. This was exclusively an American phenomenon for uh, quite a number of years. And it was only until the media got a hold of it and, and, and the memes started to propagate that you then slowly started to see things happen with descriptions of grays uh, from South America, I think uh, w- would be a good uh, one of the f- first places, Puerto Rico. And it's slowly like a virus kind of spread out uh, from there. And now it's fairly ubiquitous. You you can find that that terminology pretty much anywhere in the Western world. But it seems to be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, almost exclusively a Western cultural meme, if you will. It, cer- it certainly was. Uh, you, you're quite right about the way that it spread through the media. Yes, absolutely. Um, but are, are you saying that there there still aren't very many cases of, of abduction uh, or claimed cases of abduction in, in, say, India or China today? Is, is, is that the case? Absolutely none that, that I'm aware of. And, and if there are some, uh, they're, they're questionable and they come from questionable uh, sources. Mike, right. I remember Michael Cohen, who is one of the... One of those questionable sources, uh, he, uh, I think a number of years ago, uh, focused on some cases uh, that were from uh, the Far East, but there was absolutely no uh, credible, you know, corroborating uh, witnesses or or, or corroborating sources for these stories. And they could have been completely manufactured uh, for all we know. I really don't see any of these types of descriptions or experiences reported from, let's say, the most populous country in the the world. Uh, There's, what, 3 billion Chinese now. Uh, I mean, you would think if this was something that was a real bona fide nuts and bolts phenomenon that uh, you'd at least be getting some reports, credible reports, out of, let's say, uh, you know, the Southeast Asia or anywhere in Asia. Uh, And there just, there aren't any. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Uh, I mean, it's not only 
it's not only Western, but it's it's mostly uh, post-Protestant countries as well. There's far more um, abductions and UFO sightings in Europe, for instance, in the, the, the northern Protestant countries rather than the, the Mediterranean part. And that maybe is because there's a different relationship with ideas of the, of the spirit world. It might be that in the more ritual-based and, uh, or, you know, in the case of the Far East, for instance, there, there may be something in the way that anomalous phenomena are interpreted that they, they maybe have a far more comfortable relationship with the spirit world, to, you know, to put it in their terms. We have many more terms to discuss as we try to put this in perspective, especially now focusing on UFO abductions and why we see these events in terms of space beings and other people have other ideas about them. With David Robertson and Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that he changed gold ownership forever by bringing back physical gold to the American public, allowing gold coins to be minted and sold to U.S. citizens just like you, starting in 1985. Gold ownership can help protect your financial future, especially when our national debt is spiraling out of control. Many smart Americans have kept their retirements from being wiped out during America's financial crisis thanks to physical gold coins. I strongly urge you to call the U.S. Money Reserve at 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a special gold guide with new, never-before-released information about gold from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. I'm Michael Reagan. Thank you. Planning to buy food storage? Wait a minute. Many companies try to confuse you with the number of servings they sell. It's not about the number of servings. It's about the number of calories. In emergencies, calories mean survival. Go to readysupplyfoods.com for a comparison of leading companies. Ready Supply Foods sells the most calories per dollar of any company. Our 23 entrees and breakfasts are delicious and full of nutritious calories. The new leader in value and quality. Go to readysupplyfoods.com today. Hey guys, Pat Matthews here to tell you about the newest and best way to sell products online. It's buysellmakeoffer.com, an enormously revolutionary way to sell your stuff online. 
It's time to clean out the garage, your old golf clubs, sports equipment, tools, and yes, even your car. Forget about the way the other guys have taken more than their share from you when the sales were finalized. Look, it's happened to me over and over and over. Then I found buysellmakeoffer.com. They will never charge you item fees. Just go there right now to sign up and load all your stuff to our server to sell. This is not an auction site. Sell your car, sell your home. Realtor, sign up now. Just use our resources along with Skype and videos, then add your creativity to sell your items quickly and with no fees. Go right now to buysellmakeoffer.com and sign up. The excitement is building. I've signed up to sell my stuff with buysellmakeoffer.com. You should too. Buysellmakeoffer.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, as we've mentioned, we've got that special feature of the show called the Powercast Plus, and you get the ad-free version of this show. You get after the Powercast podcast, exclusive for Powercast Plus members. We have transcripts. We have videos. And we're going to have classic episodes made ad-free. We're going to kind of tweak the sound a little bit, and that's going to come up real soon now. But we've got another perk for Paracast Plus. Chris? I've had a a book about uh, Ray Stanford, uh, his ufological life, um, that I've mentioned before on uh, the forum here at the Paracast and also on on some radio shows. And, And there seems to be a real controversy around the man and his work. And what I've elected to do is, I've had a completed book now for seven years, and I've elected to uh, offer um, excerpts in a Ray Stanford uh, section on the Paracast Plus. And so I'm going to be um, publishing excerpts from this particular book. And I think uh, our Paracast Plus members will, uh, you know, it's going to be pretty eye-opening for a lot of people. Um, talk about a guy who was there and in the beginning and he's been there and done that known pretty much anybody who's anybody in the field for the last 50 years so i think it's going to be educational for people and very entertaining so for more information about powercast plus go to plus.thepowercast.com plus.thepowercast.com and very soon now we'll have the announcement about the section about chris's book that will be posted there exclusively for powercast plus members David Robertson, let's get back to it here. Now, we see how contacts with other beings are reflected in terms of our culture. So we have abductions and people who have a more spiritual aspect of their lives may meet up with these supposed beings in another way. What about UFOs? How do the images of UFOs play out around the world? To be honest, you guys probably know um, more about the nuts and bolts UFO history than I do. Um, I do know that there's there have been quite a lot of UFO images coming out of China and India and things in recent years. And I've recently come across some information about cases in Northern Europe and Sweden and places like that. 
but I, I mean, I, I see it all as, as part and parcel of the same kind of phenomena, I think. Um, as for the images, I, I, I'm very seldom convinced by any of them. I don't know how you, you guys feel. I think you're being kind. You know, I'm a religious studies scholar. I'm trained at, um, at, uh, at pussyfooting around certain things. But Well, I... Uh... I, you know, fortunately, I've I've had a bit of a, of kind of an ad hoc education in how to properly identify um, specific elements within uh, uh, videos, photographs, films um, that would indicate uh, a it's a true photograph of a, of a truly nuts and bolts anomalous object, and then of course the other side of the coin uh, that it's not, that it's, uh, you know, a hoax or, or some sort of misidentified, um, anomalous, uh, natural, um, rare possibly, but natural, uh, event like a, a few weeks ago, we had a very, very interesting photograph that ended up being uh, a drop of moisture on the lens. Uh, right. most people don't have this type of education. So the internet is, uh, is your place to go to get titillated by, you know, <laughs> highly questionable, images purporting to, to show uh, UFO craft. There are some very specific ground rules that uh, that I do um, kind of operate uh, within when I'm looking at these photographs. And there's, it's, there's a glaring, um, I think, cultural meme uh, that's a holdover from the 50s. People still think that uh, the George Adamski uh, photographs, the, the Billy Byron beam ships, and, and some of your favorite sci-fi films from the 50s uh, are what real ufos look like and they do not look like that and it's very simple to to see when somebody has been programmed by their culture in preparing to uh perpetrate and pull off a uh, a hoaxed uh, image and and to me uh, 98 percent of them are are hoaxes and out of that 98 percent three quarters of them are very almost instantly identifiable as hoaxes and I just right. I, I just waste my time online just going down the, the list. Whenever I see one on, on online, I'll put a little comment in there, what I think it is, and uh, and how people really need to get up to speed on what they're um, in, in terms of their analytical abilities and their in their educational their level of their education when it comes to uh, utilizing anal- analytical abilities. Right, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the reasons I don't know very much about UFO photos is because it just doesn't really hold much interest to me. You know, as you say, it's it's uh, the, the the famous historical cases are all hoaxes, and most of the the modern ones you can see what's going on. And one that frequently annoys me is is more common of video work. Um, is you'll often hear, and you come across this a lot in, in the conspiracy world. You know that oh, you can you can do all of these things with CGI, and people will just say CGI. Um, explains away, you know, the reason that there's no film of this or that or, you know, of planes hitting the trade towers or whatever. Apparently, none of these people have ever watched the extra features on the DVD of, of any Hollywood blockbuster in the last 20 years. Because if if people can really do CGI that well, then they need to explain to me why films that cost you know, hundreds of million pounds with the best guys in the business can't do CGI special effect as well as what your average conspiracy theorist claims is done all the time. You know, so something again, here just, I mentioned here because I follow comic books and such. When you see flying scenes in comic books, in the movie versions, Superman flying, now Supergirl flying, I have never seen a really effective flying scene, except sometimes yeah. a distant picture where you know it's CGI, they do a drawing of the character. 
But the close-ups of any of the characters, and you go back to what was once considered the ultimate special effect movie for a flying scene, Superman the movie from 1978. None of it was real. Even Man of Steel. I haven't seen Batman v Superman, and maybe I won't. On TV, you see Superman, you see Supergirl flying. The distance scenes aren't so bad, because you can't see details. As soon as they get up close, it doesn't work. It never does. It's always, oh, that person is being suspended on a tightrope or by wires in front of a green screen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of the best, the best looking uh, special effects I've ever seen are often the ones that are done physically in the camera, um, just because... It, it doesn't have that little, that little just imperfect quality that just makes it jump out straight away as being an effect. Um, yeah. There and yeah, but pe- people will use it as an ex- as as an explanation for for stuff all the time, you know, for why the the information that they're given, why the historical record doesn't match up, you know. Osama bin Laden videos are done by somebody else or that they can copy anybody's voice digitally or all the rest of it. It's just rubbish. We don't know then. We can't believe anything. We don't believe any of those pictures of Osama bin Laden were real. We don't believe that he was even killed by Navy SEALs. Maybe he died five years earlier, but they had to keep up his illusion to keep up the investment in the military hardware. We needed a boogeyman. (laughs) <laughs> right, yeah. Um, well, there's there was a, a study uh, from a couple of years back where um, they looked at um, it was, uh, some psychologists and they did sort of questionnaire-style research into conspiracy beliefs. And the basic thrust of the results they got was that people who were likely to believe one conspiracy theory were likely to believe other ones, even when they were contradictory. So if you believed that um, Osama bin Laden wasn't... Uh, it wasn't dead, you're also more likely to believe that he had died five years previously. <laughs> so um, it, it's a, you know, a complete, just a lack of trust, full stop, a lack of belief in anything, really. <laughs> Can you blame the public for not trusting those in power? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, absolutely not. And I, I certainly don't <laughs> want to give the impression that I, that, that I think that these, uh, that this suspicion is, is necessarily incorrect. I certainly don't. I, I would go much further than most uh, academics and in, in, in say, you know, <laughs> often there are, there are uh, truths in here, but it's, it's the lack of, um, it, it's mixed up with a lot of, uh, a lot of nonsense. In the same way that the UFO field is, I guess. Let's get into more of that in our next segment with David Robertson and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many 
formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com or 800-544-3533. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to BigMoneyBig.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. BigMoneyBig.com. That's BigMoneyBig.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that in 1985, he changed gold ownership forever. Today, our national debt is spiraling out of control, but gold coins could be the answer. Call 1-866-525-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com to get new, never-before-released information about gold. From the U.S. Money Reserve, call 1-866-525-GOLD. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So it's UFOs, conspiracy theories, and the new age. 
And I want to focus a little bit before we get to listener questions on conspiracy theories in general. Let's just take it back to the early days of the UFO field, Roswell, New Mexico. Do you think that was a balloon or a test aircraft from somebody or what? What's your impression? It looks very much like it was a radar test balloon. I mean, the remains fit the description. We've got um, eyewitness testimony, people who were working there that say this is exactly what they looked like. We've got records of when it was happening in the area. On the other hand, I mean, even Mac Brazel thought it was it was some sort of experimental aircraft. He didn't think it was a a, a UF like an extraterrestrial craft. It seems like that that was a cover story put out by the by the military. It just seems to be the the easiest explanation, right? Occam's razor. Well, here's the um, situation I, there. Kevin Randall, who has been one of the more prominent people studying Roswell, he wants to tell you it couldn't be a mogul balloon because when you look at the logs. They don't show a mogul balloon going off that particular time frame. Well, that well, assumes plus, the logs are correct. Plus, Jane, the photographs in the press conference in Ramey's office has quite a number of examples of, of debris that cannot be uh, matched up with a list of parts for a mogul balloon train. Uh, okay. Um, as I said, you guys um, are, know much more about the, the nuts and bolts of these aspects than, than I do. This stuff doesn't matter a great deal to me because I'm not really out to prove truth or fact one way or another about UFOs or abductions. That's not really what interests me. What I'm interested in is, is how, this, how it works culturally and you know, right. what it means culturally. Well, I tend to think here that the biggest problem we have with Roswell is that when UFO researchers got into it, which was, what, 30 years later, William Moore and Charles Berlitz and, and Stanton Friedman, the memories of it were contaminated by those 30 years of experience. So whatever happened, it became a different matter entirely when it was recalled later. And once the books got to be written, more and more people came out who said, oh, yeah, I guess there was something strange about that. Maybe I did see a small alien. I'm not saying that there was no basis for Roswell or that it wasn't a balloon, that it wasn't a test aircraft, that it was a spaceship. I'm not saying anything like that. It grew a life of its own. Absolutely. And this is a lot of the problem because of the culture. Well, we had close encounters of the third kind in 1978. And this is just around the time that all the Roswell information is coming forth. Absolutely. It's what I said earlier on, you know, um, experiences are are constructed post hoc and they they take place culturally. So the the memories are are affected by all of these new frames of reference that have come out in the meantime. In 1947, you know, Mac Brazel didn't think it was a UFO. Um, The only the only person who who said it was at the time, as far as I'm aware, was the, the military spokesman who appears to have been trying to, you know, to distract from whatever was really going on. I'd recently read the um, the Aztec UFO incident book by uh, Ramsey. I can't remember his first name. Right, Scott Ramsey um, and, and it, Suzanne Ramsey. Let me just preface this before you go on. That's the one, yeah. Right. They recently came out with a new edition of the book. They had a self-published version two or three years ago. And then they found a mainstream publisher and they reissued it. And they claimed there were a lot of changes, 120 new pages, but I've asked Scott Ramsey to explain to me, in general, what has been added, what has been changed in the book, and I can't get an answer. 
So what's your reaction? Well, I, I was struck by the, the paucity of actual sort of, it, it presents itself as if it's full of physical um, evidence and there really is not an awful lot. There's a bit of concrete on a hill and there's a scratch on a cliff. But the vast majority of the, of the book is, is eyewitness accounts by people 50, 60 years after the fact. There's one example in it where he says, you know, having, he's describing a, um, a, a man describing the events of, of the, can you remember the date, the supposed date of the event? Is it about 1950, something like that? It's or 19, 1948. 1948, okay. Um, describing the events of 1948 shortly before he dies. And we're talking about a very old man in his 80s, I think. And and Ramsey said, describes it as, having had 60 years to think over and be sure of the facts, <laughs> this is what he says. And I thought that's exactly the opposite of the case. This is something that happened... 60 years ago to a, an old, old man, and you're expecting this to have any objectivity whatsoever. But the book is almost entirely made up of these kind of long-distant witness testimonies. Yeah. Well, it's one just, thing not, I, just not reliable at all. I, you know, I, I, I must interject something here. Um, ask any veteran of the Korean War, the few veterans uh, left from World War II, and when they have life and death situations going on around them, those experiences are deeply imprinted upon their conscious mind and their recollection tends to be a lot more reliable than somebody who's trying to remember who they met uh, at a party uh, five years ago. I mean, some of these, uh, you know, real life-changing and emotionally wrought events are deeply, deeply imprinted upon the, the human memory banks and the human conscious. And recollection uh, is, I think, much easier when you're facing a, a, a potentially life-threatening or life-altering situation. I think the quality of memories are better. I do agree with you that when people come out of the woodwork and say, oh, yeah, I was there too, and I remember this, that, and the other thing, that's that's different. I, I think when, when people are faced with uh, with up-close-and-personal experiences with the unknown, the inexplicable, the possibly life-threatening, that tends to leave, leave a pretty deep and, I think, accurate-lasting impression, more so than your, your average non-threatening experience, let's put it that way. Yeah, I'd have to look into that. I mean, I know that that's the kind of... The way we normally think about it, but I haven't looked into this into the into the clinical work to to know if that's true. I know we certainly think that these pivotal moments that we've remembered them very clearly, but I wouldn't be so certain that we actually do necessarily. I mean, it, I, I I understand what you say. It certainly could be the case that you know the adrenaline and, and the the fact that we're concentrating so hard in a in you know it, it, the, to use the example you gave in a sort of wartime situation could cause you to remember more. Uh, visual detail of something happening because you're paying so much more attention to it. The same way as the first time you go somewhere, it takes you, it seems to take twice as long um, than it does once you know the way because you're having to concentrate so much. Exactly. Well, I had a up close and personal contact experience when I was seven and I remember it vividly. <laughs> My story's never changed. It's never been added to. It's never been subtracted from. It's about as clear as well, it is the probably the clearest experience, I think, uh, from my childhood. That and having my front three teeth knocked out by a line drive in Little League. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I won't forget that one either. That's I threw the guy out trying to steal a third, but, uh, man, I got my face bashed and my lips split open. And kind of hard to forget something like that. But uh, my, my experience when I was uh, you know, around, around my seventh birthday uh, left a deep 
and very, very indelible impression on my mind and, and has, has been, I think, the motivation for me to be as interested in these very fringe subjects, much to the bane of my social, <laughs> yeah. my social calendar and existence. But uh, uh, what social calendar? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not like you, Gene. I do get out. I do have a life. <laughs> it's a very familiar pattern, actually. That's a very common story amongst not only abductees, but um, amongst conspiracy theory people as well. I mean, the, the whole range of the people that I was speaking to, because I did a lot of field work amongst, you know, the sort of people who follow these ideas and, you know, people who go to David Icke concerts and go to Whitley Schreiber events and stuff. And, and it's a pretty common story. I would say about half the time there's some sort of experience of some description Yep. Either you know a sort of of a sort of spiritual kind of style, um, or a more physical of seeing you know f- physically seeing a UFO. But the, the important thing in those cases is that it, it it often suggests to them that there's something inexplicable to the mainstream way of seeing the world, and so it re- leads down this rabbit hole of looking for alternative ways of understanding the world. It's yeah. it's, it's it's what I talk about this sort of uh, gnostic, uh, almost gnostic idea. Yeah, yeah, it's very motivating to some people who who are curious by nature and seekers, people who want answers and are aren't satisfied with you know half answers. They they really want to dig and, and and get get to the truth. That's not everybody. Some people the opposite happens. They go into complete they go into complete denial, or they go they block they block a traumatic experience uh, away from their conscious mind in a way to to deal with it uh, emotionally. You'll find that with uh, child abuse victims with uh, people that have had nasty experiences, uh, you know, with others. Um, sometimes they're sublimated and held in a safe little uh, Pandora's box in their in their memory banks. It works both ways. We've got Gene and Chris and David Robertson. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. 
If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details in the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Chris, we have some questions of David Robertson, some intricate questions, some of which we've kind of covered already, but you might want to focus on some. I want to talk about David Wilcock first. Sure. Because this guy, uh, I, I really want to get your take on him, David. I, I have a real problem with this guy, especially with this current. About every six, eight months, he comes up with some new thing to keep his name out there in the forefront and be all cutting edge and everything. First, the fact that he claims to be the reincarnation of Edgar Casey uh, that that kind of taints him from the get-go. I don't care how much he looks, his pictures look like Casey when he was a kid. That's a big claim to make. And, and quite frankly, if you want to be taken seriously, uh, running around claiming something like that is not going to help your credibility when you're starting out as, uh, to become this, uh, you know, fairly successful pander and uh, pro- promoter of conspiracy. What do you think of him? And, and, and this, especially this new character that's come along, this Corey Good guy who claims he's been to Mars and, and uh, has all these fantastic sci-fi tales about, you know, our presence uh, on the moon, on Mars, uh, our time travel ex- uh, program. And It's a new version of this, this Serpo story, isn't it? Serpo, is that the one from the, the 90s? Yes, Serpo. Yeah, this, this... yeah uh, Wilcock, I should preference that of the two he was the one i didn't have direct contact with i only know his his um, material you know through his publications and, and so on it should be pointed out as well that although he claims he's the reincarnation of edgar casey um edgar casey's um association the i think it's the ace don't recognize it at all the are the, the are that's right association yeah, they, for research and enlightenment i lived across the street for two years Wow. Um, they, they don't recognize him at all um, and, in fact, seem to not want to have anything to do with him. Um, I've, certainly, he's a, he's a very good example of uh, kind of a serial millennialist. You know, he's been wrong about the coming, you know, transformation of the world for better or ill a number of times now. Um, and this... It's been three or four years he's been on this disclosure tip, you know, this that the, the government are getting ready to reveal all the, the hidden secrets about their dealings with extraterrestrials. And that's been going on for a number of years. And he, he always has these insiders that he produces from somewhere. It was uh, Benjamin Fulford was a recent one. And there was, there was another guy called Drake who was claim or... I only know about him through Wilcock, but he was, he'd basically some guy claiming to be, uh, you know, an Illuminati, a high level Illuminati, um, a, a born into a high level Illuminati family who had, you know, run away and was now hiding in some hotel room somewhere um, spilling the secrets out to tiny uh, conspiracy uh, chat rooms whilst the Illuminati sought out to, to silence him. 
Right. Wasn't he involved with the Dan Birch and the, the Area 51 uh, science, alleged Area 51 scientist who came out and was talking about the Ganesh particle and L-Rod and all this stuff about six, seven years ago, if I remember correctly, so maybe seven, eight years ago. I think he was involved in all that with Kerry Cassidy and the Project Camelot. Uh, yes, he was. He's he's done a few things with Kerry Cassidy, actually. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Of the three, he's the one I I I, th- I have the least faith as being sincere. Let's put it that way. Well, he's on Ancient Aliens, so he must be legitimate. Like, have have you heard about this film he's supposedly been developing? He's he's been claiming he's developing this film, this Hollywood film, large budget kind of thing, um, that's about to come out and it should be out next year. And it's been literally 15, 16 years he's been claiming this. Now, I wonder how much money he's uh, raised to... Uh... <laughs> to produce yeah, that well, film. I wonder. Yeah, it's it's almost finished. It just needs one more pass on the script. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear he lives in quite a fancy uh, house in uh, the L.A. area. That's quite expensive and uh, and has expensive tastes. And uh, there's no lack of um, what would be the term self appreciation to be kind. Uh, oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. I mean, no, he's, with- he's he's published his own autobiography on his website, which includes descriptions of how gifted he was as a child. For instance, it's quite uh, astonishing reading. It's quite hagiographic, you know. But also for somebody who's so incredibly spiritually spiritually enlightened that he he can charge other people, you know, a hundred dollars for a video on how they can, you know, purify themselves spiritually. He seems to spend an enormous amount of his time excusing the fact that he hasn't updated his blog because he's had a bad flu. I mean, it seems to happen two or three times a year. So someone so perfect is getting flus all the time, you have to wonder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, which is it? Are you are you enlightened or or are you pretty earthy, in fact? Well, I don't know about the flu, but he's sure a floozy in my book. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. You go, Chris. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, I again, I, I don't want to crack bad jokes. But um, I must say, millions of people hang on his every word. They look past all the uh, foibles, all the you know prophecies that don't come true, all the information that doesn't seem... Uh, to stand just the just the slightest bit of scrutiny. Why the attraction to so many millions of people? How come people really take this guy seriously? There's a huge audience for this stuff out there. Uh, it, uh, there's a number of reasons. I mean, the, the, the failing prophecy uh, motif of of a you know a spiritual leader, or whatever, is it's not unusual. It's it's pretty common, in fact. Um, there are always reasons given. Um, for the reason that the prophecy didn't pan out the way it was meant to. And these seem to convince people a lot and uh, and, and have done going back centuries, if not longer. Um, I, I wonder if maybe we as outsiders put too much stress on this kind of, you know, uh, prophecy um, as being literally true. I wonder if for the audience the prophecy aspect of it isn't the biggest or mo- the most important part of it. The uh, prophecy often acts as a, as a, as a critique of the present day, you know, by pointing out what's going to change in the future, you're kind of critiquing what's wrong with today. Um, and th- there's a fair argument that for a lot of uh, prophets, 
you know that that's actually the appeal of their of their prophecy um and i've 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 there's a chapter that people can get through my um website which deals is called this this model of rolling prophecy the idea that the prophecy never really comes to anything but it's always being made and updated and refreshed and moved further into the future because its function is not actually to tell you in the world's end but to offer um a critique of what's happening today mm. but don't forget that david wilcock has has been very canny from the beginning of his career in in attempting to create um a very mainstream um a, a sense of authority about himself so he's gone straight for books with um, through major publishers with large you know with that that sort of look like bestsellers immediately he's made a big deal out of whenever he gets mentioned in the mainstream media he's not been afraid to go on things like ancient aliens again and again and again and and make these polished kind of television uh, presentations because for a lot of people that is authority you know if if it looks like something that's on um CNN then it then it must be true so I think he's been very canny in doing that as well. Yeah. Well, that's that's a real, I think, uh, a very, um, how would I put it, subtle condemnation of the average, uh, you know, person interested in this material. And, you know, that's why this whole field in my book, uh, in my view, has mar- been marginalized so, so thoroughly and effectively uh, within the academic and scientific communities. Uh, you, it's impossible to take an aspect of this field seriously uh and ignore everything else Uh, it's either all or nothing and that's kind of how academia looks at this stuff and i think they have reputations uh in tenure and grants and things that they're concerned with and and they can't do anything to in any way jeopardize those those things that help uh, pay the bills and and keep their departments running so you know someone like a a david wilcock a, a david ike comes along and is able to uh, get some high-profile believers, true believers, uh, in their ranks. Um, I think uh, that if somebody who I read about in in, in People magazine, if some somebody that has high visibility uh, believes in it, then maybe I should too. David Robertson yeah. with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. If you're fascinated by UFOs, ancient aliens, archaeological mysteries, ghost hunting, Atlantis, and any other paranormal topic as we are, be sure to check out apmagazine.info each month. Since 1985, it has presented the latest research by top researchers like Andrew Collins, Brad Steiger, and many others, and contains interviews with such leading personalities as Jacques Vallée. Check, click on one of their banners and check out apmagazine.info. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. 
people who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hi, my name is Nick Lupo. One World Way has been by far the best protein that I've ever had. I take it three times a day. Once in the morning as soon as I wake, once for a pre-workout snack, and once for a post-workout recovery drink. It has helped me transform and sculpt my body into what I have now. I began taking the product about two years ago, and boy, let me tell you, I'm in the best shape of my life. I've seen major muscle mass gains and have 0% body fat. I have had people at my gym ask if I compete in bodybuilding because of how lean and muscular I am. I used to suffer from everyday aches and pains from hard manual labor my whole life and arthritis that runs through my family. But One World Way has helped me take that everyday pain from a 10 to a 3. Some days I feel no pain at all, just full of life and energy. It has also helped my skin look younger and healthier. Thank you, Synergistic Nutrition, for One World Way. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Hello. I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believes so strongly in gold that in 1985, he changed gold ownership forever. Today, our national debt is spiraling out of control, but gold coins could be the answer. Call 1-866-525-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com to get new, never-before-released information about gold. From the U.S. Money Reserve, call 1-866-525-GOLD. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Chris, any more comments about this individual before we set him aside? Well, I mean, have we uh, have we covered him? I mean, what what else would you like to say, David, about this guy? I mean, he's just one of uh, quite a number of people out there, you know, who are successful to greater or lesser degrees. Uh, him being a very uh, you know, obviously a a more uh, visible uh, example of this. But what do you what do you make of of this guy? Do you think that he really believes all this stuff, or do you think it's just a very uh, a very you know artful career that he's uh, going to niche that he's carved for himself? I think he's quite a good drummer. Have you heard his uh, his jazz rock work? <laughs> it's, it's not bad. I, I don't really know what to make of him. I, as I said, I, I have less faith in his honesty than I have in some of the other ones. But to be to be fair, I don't know. He it seems 
to me that you could explain away a lot of like the these sort of dream interpretation stuff that he does. I mean, it seems like a pretty standard uh, trick to me, but he's certainly he's certainly imaginative in what he does. If it, it I, I, the the problem I have is that I find it hard to believe that somebody would deliberately go into this field as a career choice. I think the risks would be very, very high. <laughs> so, you know, I always have this sense of there must be something that drove them into it. Having said that, there are almost certainly con men working. So I, I could see it either way, but uh, certainly... If you, you described Stryber as wriggly, like I think um, I think Wilcock is is much more wriggly, and he certainly has an extremely high opinion of himself, which mm. doesn't generally um, um, elicit trust from me. Well, I think where it all started. Uh, in fact, I met the guy that was the one that saw a photograph of him and then saw a photograph of Casey about the same age and said, "Oh my God." That's Edgar Casey, and I think it just totally went to his head. <laughs> it was a guy here in, in Sedona, actually, that uh, I think uh, mentioned this in a book about him way before he was uh, known as a personality in this field. This would be back in the probably late 90s. Right, that's the that's the first book that um, basically this other guy wrote, but it has a picture of uh, Wilcock on the cover, yeah. Another book for people that are interested in how millennialist thinking and, and failed prophecy works uh, and or doesn't work, uh, as the case may be. There's a very good book called When Prophecies Fail that uh, looks at a particular case, I think, back in the 50s of a millennialist group. And what happened to the group after everybody sold their houses and finished up their, their earthly lives to be ready to be uh, raptured up, and then it didn't happen. And it, it looks at the, the, the impact of this on, on families, on individuals, and on the principles involved. I, I really do recommend it. It's called When Prophecy Fails. <laughs> when Prophecy Fails, yeah. Leon Festinger. 1956. The group that he's describing is uh, a UFO prophetic group. The woman at the head of the the group had a background in theosophical thinking. Uh, unfortunately, they don't. There's no conspiracy theories involved in it. Otherwise, it would be perfect for me. But um, yeah, I have I've written a little bit about that. But um, I'm trying to remember the name of the scholar, Gordon Melton, a famous American scholar of of, of new religions, once said to me, you know. David, you've got to remember, for believers, prophecy never fails. And for me, that's the important thing to understand, is that for the, the members of this group, the prophecy didn't fail. Something was wrong somewhere. Either they misinterpreted it, the message was garbled somewhere in, trans, in transmission, or as I, I suggest, you know, that a conspiracy, there was a counter-agency that prevented it from happening. But, but prophecy from an insider's point of view never fails. Um, it just, you know, it moves, it changes. No. Well, of course, we have someone like Billy Meyer, who makes prophecies. And sometimes he makes the prophecies after the events, so you're always correct. Well, almost always. Sure, or you backdate it. And he's universally wrong, but there are people who will swear that he is the real deal. Right. Like this, um, there's a a prophecy that's doing the rounds now about, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically somebody who predicted the the popes, like the line of popes and said that the, the... the thirteenth one is going to be the the last one. Do you know the thing I'm talking about? That's that's actually been around for for quite a while. Um, for it has, but it's getting a bit of traction years. now. But again, the the prophet the pr- 
prophesized bit actually is um, a lot of that it isn't as old as it claims to be. So a lot of what looks like was successful prophecy, that hence validating the document and, and making people think that the future parts of it will be true are actually um, had already happened. Another way, another way of looking at this, though, another good example uh, of another technique is, is what David Icke does, for instance. So he still talks about this, the group of prophecies that were made in, in 1990 and the ones that he was talking about on Wogan and, and describes in the, in the Truth Vibrations, his first kind of, uh, you know, spiritual book. And he still makes reference to them. So things like, oh, he will... He will be dishonored in his own home and, and homeland, and he will write seven books in five years and all this stuff. But he misses out the stuff that was wrong. So he misses out the <laughs> fact that Mount Mount Rainier is going to um, erupt in 1992, and he, you know all of these other things that were prophesied at the same time. They just get ignored. They're no longer mentioned anywhere. And one book where he makes a lot of prophecies is, is I think it was his second one, um, "Love Conquers All" or something like that. Um, it's, it's now he he hasn't reprinted it because so much of it was untrue. So it's very hard to get hold of. Um, at the same time, he's making the claim that he that he predicted Jimmy Savile, that he had named Jimmy Savile in print, bef- um, you know, before Jimmy Savile's um, death. And in fact, he 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 hadn't. I've been through every single one of his books and every single one of his videos, and he does not make that claim anywhere. And yet, wow. he's still making the claim, and you still hear his followers saying, "Oh, you know, he predicted this a long time ago." Well, it's part and parcel of the UFO field that no effort to expose a hoax will ever succeed, even when it does. Just as I mentioned before, George Adamski, he was exposed years ago, but people still maintain he's the real deal. Billy Meyer, it doesn't matter. In the UFO field, if you prove somebody's a liar, they will either come back a few years later as if nothing was wrong. Yeah, it's the Dracula syndrome. Yeah, it's like... (laughs) This this came from one of our occasional guests, Paul Kimball, and he said someone else invented it. And it's about Aztec, where it's like Dracula. You stick a stake through it, Aztec, and a few years later, it was back again. That story just never goes away. No. Well, you know, one thing I want to point out about David Icke that, that few people really... Uh, have mentioned. Uh, in fact, I, I think I may be the only one. You know, he gave an eight-hour presentation to a packed standing room only audience of about 1,500 to 1,800 uh, paying, I don't know, ungodly amounts of money apiece. Um, and in the first four hours, he spent the whole time convincing everybody that we create our own realities and that we have to be very careful what we believe in because it might come true. And then he spent the second four hours freaking everybody out with alien reptoids running the world and sacrificing babies. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's a little cognitive dissonance there, wouldn't you say? Let's have an answer in our next segment. <laughs> <laughs> if we can basically recover from this. Okay. And maybe we're creating our own consensus reality here. Doing no. it. You guys just need to believe harder, that's all. Oh, oh yeah. is that it? Well, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> David Robertson with Gene and Chris trying to believe. We want to believe that you are in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
A good stove is at the top of the list for any serious survivalist. That's why you have to see the full range at Emberlit.com. Simple, elegant, but extraordinarily efficient. Available in titanium or stainless steel, the Emberlit line of stoves are ultralight, pack flat, and work great. Fueled only by sticks and debris. From emergency situations to long-term survival, Emberlit stoves are up to the task. Emberlit, the most convenient, easy-to-carry wood stoves on the planet. See them all at Emberlit.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hello, I'm Michael Reagan. My father, President Ronald Reagan, believed so strongly in gold that he changed gold ownership forever by bringing back physical gold to the American public, allowing gold coins to be minted and sold to U.S. citizens just like you, starting in 1985. Gold ownership can help protect your financial future, especially when our national debt is spiraling out of control. Many smart Americans have kept their retirements from being wiped out during America's financial crisis thanks to physical gold coins. I strongly urge you to call the U.S. Money Reserve at 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a special gold guide with new, never-before-released information about gold from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call 1-866-944-GOLD or go online to usmoneyreserve.com. I'm Michael Reagan. Thank you. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653, 877-886-3653, GoBerkey.com. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts. Available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com.
This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, we're trying to believe. We want to believe everything and nothing. Someone once said that in the UFO field. I believe in everything and nothing. I forget who that was. Well, it's it's like the, the slogans of the X-Files, right? The truth is out there, but trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. You know, the guy spends four hours telling you, you are responsible for the, the creative manifestation of your reality. And then the second four hours, <laughs> he freaks everybody out with these like, these reptilian, you know, Queen of England uh, drinking baby's blood and, uh, you know, just, I mean, I wasn't there, but I've heard the shtick before and I've read some of his books and it's, I don't know, I, I, how can people not see, I don't know, uh, it, it just, it, cognitive dissonance is cognitive a term dissonance. that I well, can think of. That's, that's a nice link because that's a term that was introduced by the book When Prophecy Fails, interestingly. Well, I saw Ike in Wembley in 2012. And it was 10 hours at that point, and there were 6,000 people there. I, I was one of them. I paid about 60 quid, I think it was. Although for a 10-hour show, that's, you know, that's not that bad. Oh, that's good bang for the <laughs> It's Yeah, it's pretty good. I, he, it was the, more or less the same format. I mean, he, he flipped the format of his show around uh, about 2005. It, he used to always start with one specific conspiracy case study right so the um, princess diana was the favorite for a long time and then it was 9-11 and he would go into depth in in the case and point out the connections and these people are involved and um so on and so forth and until you built up to this large-scale kind of conspiracy model you know that famous slide he's got with the pyramid and how all the various parts of society are all connected and ultimately controlled by one small group at the top at which point he would uh, he would let you into the biggest secret which was that they were reptilians at some point he flipped it about 2005 and i don't know whether it was a deliberate attempt to move away from the reptilian material because it was so such a hot potato you know Um, over the top i think would be a good term that I think that would be fair, or certainly perceived to be. Instead, he focuses instead on this kind of holographic universe stuff and that we create our own reality. Although it should be pointed out, he means it in, in a collective sense more than an individual sense, I think. he's um, he, And there are, I think Tales from the Time Loop is the clearest explanation where he does attempt to link all of these um, apparently disparate ideas into one large narrative it's incredibly complex um and very reminiscent of the kind of creation myths of the gnostics for instance so you've got this idea of a fallen we do create our own reality um you know the human or life creates uh, its own physical reality but then we've become trapped and created this sort of shadow being like you know like the gnostic demiurge or whatever which feeds on our fear so he's kind of trying to have his cake and eat it too that we do create and manifest the fallen world that we find ourselves in Mm -hmm. and but we are also the cause of the trap so for those of us in it um things like reptilian entities and our bodies and everything else are physically real but that physical 
physically real universe is something that we are creating, including um, the negative aspects of it, the reptilians and other, you know, other negative uh, beings. We're children of the Matrix. We are indeed. That's another interesting thing about Ike is that how much of it is drawn from films. Have you heard his interpretation of um, Monsters, Inc.? No. So Monsters, Inc., according to Ike, is... Uh, is um, uh, produced by you know the Disney agency to rub our noses in it because it tells the truth about the the system of the world. So that our world is you know the world that we're we're, we're the little children asleep in the bed, right? And mm-hmm. when we're not paying attention, monsters from a parallel uh, universe or dimension enter into our universe and create mm-hmm. fear, uh, which they use to power their world. Right. See? Yeah. They they thrive off uh, off uh, negative emotions and fear and 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 uh, all these negative things that we experience emotionally is all like gasoline for their particular agenda. You know, I mean, this stuff. It, I can't believe people actually don't do their own research and look at and, and take his version of it as as gospel. Um, you know, his his work on the. You know the the Christ myth, as he would like to refer to it, and and justifiably so. I think that there are examples of, you know, Osiris and and Jesus and and other examples uh, prior to to the first century where um, you have you know this this death, this reincarnation, or this uh, um, resurrection. Uh, that's a motif that's that's fairly common, I think, in the ancient world. And and you know he goes through all this uh, you know well laid out research that is taken lock, stock, and barrel from Acharya S.'s book, Sons of God. <laughs> right. I mean, but he, but even he the images it, in her book he, he uses. He, he took it lock, stock, and barrel himself from, I mean, this is Victorian um, mythological study and early, you know, uh, religious studies. James Fraser's The Golden Bough has all of this stuff yeah. in it, and it, yeah, it was it written in like 1907 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so it's th- a classic book. Everybody it's, should it's, have that. Indeed, it's like he presents this stuff as as uh, it's the fact that people find it novel that amazes me. I mean, it's the, some of it's um, you know really interesting, and there's some truth in there. But it's it's the idea that this is groundbreaking revelation that's amazing to me. Well, that just goes to show that uh, you know not everybody can be a uh, you know religious study scholar um, and a comparative prophecy scholar and and. And, and 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 don't want to be, and they don't want to do the research. They don't want to know where he gets this information from. They don't want to think that he's anything but this this demigod that knows a hell of a lot more than I do. You know, I mean, that's people. They abdicate responsibility for their own educational process, and they take shortcuts with people like David Icke. Uh, you know, if you're really interested in this stuff, you should look at all points of view uh, relating to it. Well, it's it, a lot just, easier, Chris, to live in a bubble. And just follow the people who agree with you. So you learn nothing. Yeah. And we well, can go into a certain cable news network in America where they have surveys. Don't say it. You're going to get in trouble, Gene. Well, I'll tell you one survey done by someone representing the same political party that this particular cable news network is oriented towards pointed out that those people are the most ill-informed of anyone even people who don't watch news at all. Yeah. Yeah, I love the results of the uh, the poll that was done of Donald Trump followers. Don't we call him Drumpf, his real yeah, name? Yeah, Donald Drumpf. Yeah, that's that's his new name now, <laughs> Donald Drumpf. And what was it? 40% of the people polled 
I think it was forty percent uh, on this question thought that uh, that the abolition of slavery was a bad idea. <laughs> and and then, no no it was twenty percent and then forty percent of the people polled uh, when asked if if uh, the United States should go ahead and and go in and take out and bomb the bejesus out of uh, I, I think they called it Augureth. They, they made up some country name, and 40% of the people responded and said, Hell yeah, go in there and take them out. We're good Americans. We, we know how to bomb things. You know, I blow them up and make our military people a bunch of money and put ribbons on their chests and, and I don't know, suppositories in their carbines or whatever. Um, let's move along here a little bit. I'm starting to get a little bit outside of myself here. Um, we do have uh, some questions, David. I'd like to uh, to try to get to a couple of them before we uh, we let you go. And we do appreciate you being on. This is the kind of show that we uh, obviously we really enjoy. It's um, been a pleasure. Yeah. This one comes from Eric the Red, and and this is this is an interesting question because it deals with uh, with the whole subject of of right wing versus left wing conspiracy. And he goes okay. that right wing websites and comment sections are rife with the belief in conspiracies alleged to be operating behind climate change, the Obama presidency, LGBT rights, and much else. How much of an influence do you think that David Icke, Jim Mars, and others of the millennial conspiracists, I guess it's your term, uh, bent, have had in preparing the ground for right-wing conspiracies uh, more generally? Let's have that answer in our next and final segment with, has it been that quick? David Robertson with Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Serious investors and traders want to make 81% return in 60 seconds? Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars of profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple that my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Go to FastWealthFast.com. Watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. Go to FastWealthFast.com. From the Robert Allen System, current returns not indicative of future results. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Okay, the question is asked of David Robertson. What's your response? So the question was, how much have these kind of millennial conspiracist ideas laid the ground for these kind of popular right-wing conspiracies right -wing that we're hearing? Right-wing conspiracies, yeah. Right. It's, I, I would say, it's historically speaking, it's the other way around. The right wing were conspiratorial a lot longer than the left wing were, at least in the, in the, the popular conspiracy theory sense. It's really only the mid-80s when we start to see strongly left-leaning kind of conspiracy work coming out. Um, it's been suggested that some of the reason for this was because of the attacks on the left by the McCarthyist movement and then the uh, following the Watergate scandal, because the conservative press were, and you know the government were actively closing down many left wing critics, that they turned more toward uh, conspiratorial arguments. However, some of these kind of conspiracies that you were talking about there, I mean, like the climate change one, really cuts right across the board. There are strongly uh, left wing people who are claiming exactly the same. I mean, David Icke's a very good example. Um, Richie Allen is making the same kind of argument. So that, in, for instance, cuts right the way across. But it's certainly the case that something like LGBT rights, or uh, another one is, you know, is religion, you know, for the left, religion is largely a conspiracy. For the right, atheism is a conspiracy. But, you know, there are very noticeable polarities in areas where they don't cross. <laughs> um, so I would say that there has been very little need 
for the left to influence the right um, in the present climate. Rather, what's quite interesting is that we've got strong conspiratorial narratives on both sides of the fence or both sides of the spectrum, shall we say, which is something we haven't had for a long time. Popular conspiracy theories had tended to go between one or the other. So typically right-wing from the end of the Second World War up until uh, the post-McCarthyist and, and becoming more so post-Watergate. But now the right have sort of, there's been a resurgence of the, of the right, shall we put it that way. Well, at least in this country, I think during the 60s, there was a lot of right-wing conspiratorial thinking uh, related to uh, expansions of consciousness, uh, psychoactive substances, uh, the anti-war movement, contrapole. I mean, you could go down the list of, of paranoid uh, conspiracies that existed in the minds of J. Edgar Hoover, uh, Richard Nixon, and, and right. the same in England. I mean, you had the same kind of thing mirroring over there, not quite as, as blatantly. You know, again, these are all... Um, these are all sort of not particularly, you know, th th there's a crossover between the, the public face of this and, and the actual governmental face. And I have a question here from Technomage, and he's wondering, are conspiracy theories just limited to private citizens or can governments engage in them as well? And we were talking about how they can. But he gives an example. Governments routinely publish information with no independent confirmation, yet the public is expected to believe them. Would those qualify as conspiracy theories? <laughs> <laughs> like you're missing 2.2 trillion dollars on the pentagon announced uh, the day before 9-11 there's a conspiracy theory for right, you yeah or yeah or the fact that the bbc wasn't covering the protests against david cameron in london last week i mean exactly or the fact that the bbc uh, announced that world trade center uh, number seven was was had just fallen and yet in the image behind the reporter there was world trade center number seven there are any number of cases of this absolutely governments indulge in conspiracies a very clear example is 9-11 where you've got on two sides of the argument both sides are conspiracies okay so the government did it or al-qaeda did it both of those are conspiracies what makes something a conspiracy theory however is not simply positing a conspiracy it has to run counter to official logic so for instance in the mccarthyist era that was a, a you know a, literally a, a a strong conspiratorial narrative a search for this hidden malevolent agency inside uh, america but because it was supported by the government it was seen as legitimate, politically legitimate. Had it been being said by people with no power, it would become a conspiracy theory. This, this is the issue. I mean, a conspiracy theory is not simply any idea that, there's a, that there are groups working for um, secretly towards malevolent aims, because undoubtedly there are. Yeah. What makes it a conspiracy theory is its marginalization by the authorities, by the mainstream. Right. It's a very nice situation because the moment that you prove something to be correct, then it no longer is a conspiracy theory. And thus, you can never have a conspiracy theory that's been proven to be true. Because right. by its very nature, when it gets proven to be true and accepted by the epistemic authorities, it's no longer a conspiracy theory. Right. They, they invent a new one. And look at the peculiar situation now where talking about Obama conspiracies, a very high percentage of Republicans believe he was not born in the U.S. and that he is a secret Muslim. But they don't mention, of course, Ted Cruz, who was not born in the U.S. and is running for president on the basis of the fact that his mother was, and therefore he is a natural-born citizen. Don't even get me started on that. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a new one now that Cruz's father was involved in the JFK assassination. 
<laughs> he wants his son to be king of America, by the way. <laughs> Pappy Cruz. <laughs> it always goes back to JFK, doesn't it? You know, yeah, it does. Yeah. Baltazar, I, I like the new term now that the media is using for people that uh, indulge in, shall we say, conspiratorial type thinking. Now, we're known as the black helicopter crowd. Right, I love nice that to, one. It's slightly less insulting than the tinfoil hats, has to be said. <laughs> well, I asked Kevin Randall, who's a helicopter pilot, what do you think of all these uh, black helicopter sightings and how they become you know, a meme within the culture? He goes, well, what are you asking me for? You were the one that started it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a good laugh out of that one. That's what my favorite bit of, um, you know, the film Conspiracy Theory, right? Oh, yeah. And Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. Absolutely. And all the way through, the, the story is that they, they don't believe him and they think he's that he's, you know, mentally unstable in some way. And then at the very end, the black helicopters come to get him. And that's when we realize he was been telling the truth the whole time. Right. So it's a great <laughs> moment. I love it. But it marks, a, it marks a real shift because that's, you know, the first movie where they're playing on the idea that obviously he's insane because he sub- uh, subscribes to conspiracies. But actually the twist is that he was right and we were the fools for not believing him. The True. villain, by the way, in that movie was Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Right, he almost bit his nose off. <laughs> he had to go through the whole movie with a bandage on his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a nose that's kind of hard to miss. If you're going to bite somebody's nose off, that's that's that would be a pretty easy one to target. It seems fairly cruel to hire a, an actor who's famous for his profile and then remove that profile right away it's kind of <laughs> counterproductive wouldn't you say hey david robertson please tell our listeners about the book and where they can get a copy if they want to invest that much this year okay so uh, the book is called ufos conspiracy theories in the new age subtitled millennial conspiracism and it's by me david g robertson published by bloomsbury and available probably not in all good bookshops but certainly available easily through amazon and other online sellers as gene says the current hardback edition is rather expensive but there is going to be a paperback edition coming out next year which will be much more affordable probably in the, the region of 15 or 20 dollars so if uh, you've been interested by the chat do um uh, look out for a copy next year um yeah i think that's i think that's all we need to know you i have, have a website uh, i do have a website yeah david uh, davidgrobertson.wordpress.com um, there's links to this book and my other publications there but you can read some um, um, journal papers on on uh, cons- and conspiracy and millennialism and people like Whitley Stryber and and uh, and David Icke there if you're interested and also I regularly post uh, my reflections on current kind of uh, popular conspiracy uh, narratives as they're happening so, yeah, do have a look there. You can look at us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. Look for the Paracast Fan Club on Facebook. Look for the Paracast Plus with that new special feature coming. A book by Chris O'Brien. Never before published, never before revealed. Exclusive to members of the Paracast Plus coming shortly. Learn more about it. Go to plus.theparacast.com. P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com Also check out the After the Paracast podcast, part of Paracast Plus the ad-free version of this show show transcripts, videos What can we say? Modest subscription fee, learn more plus.theparacast.com 
David Robertson, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks for inviting me, Gene. Nice to speak to you. Nice to speak to you too, Chris. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.